A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So, whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Uh, Thank you, JB. European Cup week. What a weekend to be back. I know. I've missed this competition so, so much. I love European Cup, Cup weeks. I imagine I don't love them quite as much as you, as you, Tim. Oh, my word. I had the best weekend. I've been to Glasgow. I've been to Dublin. And I'm sat in my bed, exhausted. Uh, <laughs> a bit, that's why I'm not there in the room. I've got to say, though, boys, looking on Facebook Live, where we are streaming right now, you are looking outstanding in your lion's stash. Oh, I'm wearing my lion's hoodie. Oh, wow. Oh. Well, why don't we get why don't we uh, get get our hands in pod on three and uh, get talking about the weekend's events? Hell yeah! Hands in pod, pod on three one two three pod. pod. Hello and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB, joined in studio. With Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello, GB. And from the other side of the country is Tim, who is... Uh, what uh, What are you doing, Tim? Uh, well, I'm, I'm sat in bed in London, um, <laughs> tired from a, a long but fun weekend. Hello, Phil, as well. Hello, Tim. Well, Hello. well as Canterbury would say, you are committed to the game, Tim, Tim, <laughs> Tim Bocker. And you're, <laughs> yes, they would. You're fully Canterbury stashed up, just like me and Jay, obviously. Yeah, oh, yeah I certainly am. I have to say that this this particular Lions top that I'm wearing, we've we've got quite a few bits of stash over the years from Canterbury. This is one of the single nicest pieces of stash I've ever had. Yeah, it is delightful. I, mean, I don't know when I was more excited when I was opening my box full of Canterbury stash on when uh, sorry Tuesday, knowing it's going to be Lions Day, or when I received my goodie bag with my matchweight England top, which is sitting behind me. Even though I am Welsh, it was a very exciting day. Signed by uh, at then. England captain, well, actually, Chris, Chris, Chris Rob, Robshaw. Yeah, well, actually, we've got Robshaw and we've got Hartley, which is rather good. So this is the range, brand new range of British and Irish Lions training and team wear stash, uh, which we got a little sample of. I've got it. It's outstanding. What about you describe Phil's, JB? JB uh, Phil, you describe what JB's wearing. Uh, well, uh, Phil is wearing a... It's, it's kind of like... It looks like one of the... Is it splash resistant, that, Phil? It's not. It's like a almost like a track finish. Yeah, like a tracksuit finish. It's very it's, nice. It's, very, it's lovely. Very gun hugging. Oh, the gun hugging is one of my favourite parts. As is your top hugging those guns very nicely. Go on then. Do, uh, do me now. Go on. So you're in a cot- cotton blue blue and red cotton t-shirt with obviously the Canterbury and the uh, Lions logos on, with a very small Standard Life Investments uh, logo on the shoulder. Yeah, and the small detail that I like is around the arms, which is the little. Um, the hint of green. The hint of green for Ireland, of course. Yeah, very nice. And I, I have the, the classic red Lions polo shirt and a red 
uh, hoodie, which is a beautiful bit of kit. And as you say, it's, it's got this little flex, this little tiny triangles on the on the sleeve of um, of green, mm. which, uh, which yeah, it's, it's fun. lovely stuff. Wonderful. Well, we can talk about the players this weekend who might might or might not have put their hands up for Lions contention. We've got European Cup. We've got some doping. We've got Laidlaw. We've got a Haskell story. All of that and much more. But only after you've read us some reviews, Tim. What have people told us? Yes, please just take a moment out of your time if you enjoy the podcast to leave a review, five star review on iTunes with uh, a word like "Do not, don't disturb." Mister Smath has who says <laughs> a rugby podcast with a rugby podcast with all the charm of Aaron Smith on a three-hour layover. Uh, we also have a review here from. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> we we have uh, Monty Stewart chat more lethal than a Vianney sidestep and insider knowledge akin to a Stuart Lancaster book on culture. A must listen for any rugby uh, rugby fan. And Bogan says uh, best rugby podcast out there as hard hitting and as on point as an England rugby judo session. Keep up the good work, boys. There we go. High praise indeed. Thank you. Right, let's get straight into this. Let's get straight into it in terms of chronological order and maybe the most significant game I have seen in some time. You were there, Tim. It's Leicester Tigers, Glasgow. Oh, do, do you know what? Actually, it's it's not... There's people that are in a far better position to, to do this and there's all sorts of words that have been said that are much more significant than ours. But just, I think we should we would echo what everyone in the whole rugby community w- would echo, that uh, the loss of Anthony Foley was mm. shocking, a complete surprise, and really, really sad. Yeah, it was, actually. Um, well... I mean, what more? What more? What more can you possibly say? Uh, died uh, suddenly, uh, forty-two years old. It, it just doesn't get much worse, really. Yeah, and like you say, Tim, lots of people far better qualified than us have said a lot of things. Um, the only thing I would say, I've not got a huge number of memories of him playing for Munster. Quite a few playing for Ireland, but the the one I do remember, the two thousand six Heineken Cup final against Beeritz. I mean, the whole Munster pack were just astonishing that day. Led obviously by Foley, Axel Foley. Yeah, the, um, the the really interesting thing I found out today, I had no idea, is he played some ungodly number of European games, something like 78 of their first 77 games, or some, oh, sorry, 77 of their first 70, 78 games. So it's yeah. just an astonishing amount of games for Munster. Um, and when he retired, he was both the Munster province uh, all-time appearance holder, which has since been surpassed, and he was also the all-time Heineken Cup um, leading appearances when he retired, because they'd, they'd, he'd been to three finals with them. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, incredible. Well, I think I th- a really, really special guy, and, and as we've as we've all kind of touched on, there, uh, you just as we all are and have and will, just go and read what some of the names of the game are saying, and it tells yeah. you everything about about that guy. Absolutely right. So we'll we'll be missed. T- Tigers, Glasgow. Go on, Tim. You were there. Well, firstly, I've never been to Scotsdale before in in Glasgow. Never watched rugby in Scotland, actually, like club rugby in Scotland. And I was so impressed with the with the setup. It's about it's a really tight, close, intimate seven eight thousand stadium. It can be made bigger um, if you build put bigger stands in over the. No, I won't have it. So let me get the physics on this right. If you put bigger stands in there, what happens? More people. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. And the atmosphere was amazing. Yeah, I noticed so, that. I didn't really associate Glasgow with a big atmosphere, but uh, they had that, we, was it We Are Warriors chance or something? Yeah, they had We Are Warriors. There was, it was just an electric atmosphere. And um, I, I didn't, oh, nobody expected that result. You'd have got some incredible odds on that handicap score. 29 points. Uh, yes. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I was predicting a Glasgow win, but nowhere no. near by that margin. Well, I mean, where do Tigers go from here? Let, let's just discuss... Hang on. I'm not going to discuss Tigers just yet, because that almost does a disservice to Glasgow. It does. Yeah. Let's talk about Glasgow first and the good things that they did. So, the only negative I'll say about Glasgow is that I felt in the first five minutes, you might disagree with this completely, they looked intimidated. Which is why they gave away like, a raft of penalties. There's a lot, lots of like toing and throwing, lots of pushing, skirmishes, that sort of thing. But when they know, settled down, they looked superb. Yeah, I know Phil loves his uh, stats, and w- when you work on a, a BT game, I- I've sure I've given Phil some of the stat packs <laughs> that we get, and I know you enjoy it. But one of the stats was Glasgow have the fewest number of penalties conceded in the Pro 12, uh, only eight on average, yeah. and yet they they conceded eight penalties in the first 15, 20 minutes. Wow, uh, and and I just thought their heads had, had gone. I That's thought exactly the, the, what I thought. The occasion had, 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 had overawed them. And then it was almost like the, the yellow t- for Tamua actually settled them down in a way. They just needed to have a good old uh, punch up and, um, and then get on with it. <laughs> and after that point, they, they, they just were so direct and hard and fast. Yeah. yeah. They did. Well, I mean, the Tigers... Tigers were woeful, though. I mean, that's the other, that's the other side of this coin. It is, and it, was it Tigers were woeful because Tigers w- were very poor, or was it that Glasgow forced those errors because Glasgow's pack really fronted up? That's where I thought yep. the weakness would come from Glasgow. The pack really fronted mm. up. Their backs were electric when they got some space. I mean, Bennett, Hogg, Sato. Yeah. Um, Who? Sato was superb, wasn't he? Some skinny guy on the wing. Skinny Italian dude. He was so good. Um, Pergos, I thought, was outstanding. Just at nine. The speed of their ball, they... Yeah, I just love the balance of that side. But, you know, uh, you've got to look at the Tigers. I mean, I think that they are... I mean, this has been boiling this performance for quite a while. There were warning signs against uh, Gloucester, and we thought they did really well to go to Gloucester, get a bonus point win like they did. But actually, Gloucester have shown us they're not anything special. So mm. that's not a particularly impressive win. You've got one good win over Bath, and the rest of it has been not too good. There was um, more warning signs against uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. And Sale. Uh, Sale beat them. Yep. So you know, it, it's, it's not looking good. The defence itself, to be beaten at guard and bodyguard is shambolic. Someone should lose. Well, someone has lost their job. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see someone else yeah, lose their job too. The tech's so- not good enough. So I'm I'm wondering what the dynamic, what the relationship is between Richard Cockrell and Aaron Major, and is everything happy there? Is I, it is is it a little bit like the Gary Gold Mike Ford situation, or like the now Diego Dominguez at Toulon and Mike Ford, Mike Ford. situation? Where <laughs> Diego Dominguez where, needs to be very careful. Um, yeah, where, where basically don't go on holiday for a dead relative. That's all I'm saying. Where, like um, two men enter, but only one man can leave, and they're kind of. I can't imagine <laughs> it is comfortable between Cockrell and Major because. My understanding of the situation is Major was to come in to be director of rugby 
And if anything happens to Cockrell, he will be director of rugby. But Major is to blame for this as much as any man involved in the in the entire setup. He does attack and he does defence. You can make the argument that at the end of last season, their attack was going well. This season, it's been awful. And on top of that, I mean, the defence is so poor. I coach at what level eight, and I can tell you right now, you do not leave your guard and your and, and your bodyguard so open. Simple things like the second try for Dan Cole, he just got cleared out, and no one stepped in to keep to keep the breakdown uh, keep the breakdown nice and tight. It's well, just you... so basic. Here's a little here's a little bit of insight I picked up from chatting to people on Friday night, and that is that one of the things that Scott Hansen was doing was trying to evolve Leicester Tigers' defence so they would play what they saw a little bit more. Why? So much like much like an attack where kind of you react to what's going on. Um, he was trying to get people to do that in defence. So he was having... Imagine it like a flow chart he was giving his, his defenders. If you find yourself in this situation, you do this. But the problem with that is it just means that everyone's doing different things. And I think you saw that on Friday night. And that takes more than a week to, but to sort out again. Defence isn't about flair, is it? I mean, the reason I love defence so much and why you should build your whole team around it is because it's the single easiest way to show dedication and commitment yeah. to your entire team. It's not There's about possi- flair or decision-making. Possibly an element where when someone has a job title, defence coach, uh, they sort of feel like they have to yeah. re- reinvent the wheel a little bit. Yeah. You, ju- you just said there, though, it's not about decision-making. Well, it, it's it it's, it's entirely about decision-making. And, and that was where Leicester failed. They failed to identify. That as you're going round, you're taught to, f- to fill in the, f- the most important man is the guard. Yes. And they weren't... weren't do- that is the most basic thing you can do and they simply weren't doing I mean, it those first two tries that isn't, for instance I mean I, I do take your point it is about deci- decision making but not in the same way attack is no do I kick no, do I no. pass where do, you know, all the rest of it you've got certain things which are a given guard body guard yeah, yeah. don't give up any space around the rook that is a given you, know, you don't make a decision there you just do it well yeah they're, they're not making the right decision because they're not doing it but it should you're right it should not be a decision yeah. it should just be the first man goes there no questions asked it was clearly it was clearly targeted by glasgow they thought they clearly targeted it because the speed of the ball and the amount of times they sniped yeah and and got yardage they obviously knew that they could and it was you know um they, they were incredibly good at keeping hold of the ball so it was they didn't get Leicester straight away on phase 1 but by phase 6 7 8 they were just Oh, it Making was, the odds for fun. It was brutal to watch, to be fair. Yeah. Leicester yeah, got embarrassed, and they're probably about. This is probably the worst incarnation of Leicester, or their worst defeat I have seen from that team for years. Years. Yeah. yeah. And now they now they welcome. What is it? Montpellier? Uh, Montpellier. Well, Rassing, Rassing, that... Rassing. Is it. Oh, welcome... are they seeing the same group as Munster, yeah? Yeah, they welcome Rassing to Welford Road oh, next weekend. If if they lose that, they're it won't just be the European. Oh my word! It's, it's in tatters. They have to win. Well, yeah, and also like, if uh, Friday was anything to go go by, I don't think they'll. It won't even be. It won't even be competitive. I, I really think that I, I, they were just shambolic. Yeah. Right. Quick one. Quick one. Because the turning point was the Tamir yellow cards. Right. So very very quickly, what do we all think of that Tamir yellow card? He was given a yellow card for a tip tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if we each, I don't know, let's try and take no more than a minute out of the podcast oh. for this. So 20 yeah. seconds each. Go, JB. Uh, I was surprised it was only a yellow. Happy it was only a yellow. Okay. Um, I thought the right decision was made. It was a tip. He was taken past 90, but he landed on his back. Some people calling for a red because he put his arm down. 
um, mm. to control himself. But let's judge facts. He was tipped. He landed on his back. Yellow is fine for me. Uh, I would say that a few years ago that would have been a very, very good tackle and not even a penalty. But yellow is satisfactory for me. I agree with everything Phil just said, it, both in terms of the fact that I, I don't want that to be given a yellow card even because there, no, there was no harm done and the intent was was fine. He wasn't trying to, but I do understand why it was a yellow card. I was really dis- I would have been really disappointed had it been a red. I know I was sat directly behind the Leicester bench and I know Ed Slater looked very, 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 very worried that it was going to be a red. Oh, so I think yeah. the, I think I think the players are definitely understanding the the consequences now. That's what I picked up from sitting yeah. behind the bench. Oh, by they, far the best bit of that was um Ben Young's Yes, sir, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um and he was lucky because it could have very easily a few more degrees and he lands on his shoulder neck area and it is a red card. Uh, He's fortunate. Neck area. <laughs> that's that's how it's written in the laws. It's the head and neck head and neck area. Head, I love that. Head and or shoulder neck area. Is that like two, area. Is that like a two inch like radius around your shoulder? And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, head or shoulders? There we go. How's that? Was that was that top of arm or bottom of shoulder? Please uh, just check it. Idiots. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Just one thing you don't see from the TV, I don't think, but Scottsdale has the biggest jumbo screen. I've ever seen certainly in relation to the rest of the ground it is <laughs> it's enormous so do they not a... put the jumbo screens on only for a televised match I don't know I've I no think, idea well they certainly do for Super League I don't, actually that's not true is it every Super League ground has one of those giant robotic horns yeah, which, um, yeah. which has a uh, thing but if you go... I think it's probably there for the athletics as well but ah, yeah, it's, it's enormous ah. absolutely huge But um, so we got a good view of the, all the replays and stuff which really whipped the Glasgow fans up into a gr- frenzy at that point the Tamua yellow card right. but so, uh, Glasgow, Glasgow could be a real force they look oh, outstanding definitely. can I have the last word on, on Leicester Tigers you have the yeah. last word on Leicester Tigers, then I'll have the last word on Glasgow. All right. Last word on Gle- Leicester Tigers. They are Connacht, but with none of the skill. <laughs> Damning <laughs> indictment. Um, I will just mention the Glasgow yellow card for Wilson, I think it was. When he was... So he, uh, Ben Youngs took a quick tap. He wasn't back, yeah. t- back 10, yeah. uh, but he was arguing to the ref saying, uh, show the replay, show the replay. I was back 10, I was back 10. No, he wasn't. In my mind, I would have said, because that's back chat to the referee. That's a yellow. So that's a potential. So if I was the referee, I would say, so that's two fouls. If if it's a yellow for the back chat, if you're correct, you just get a yellow card. If you're wrong, you get a red card. It's, it's a double yellow. <laughs> Is that what you want? Oh, okay. I love it. Uh, so love you can it. just have a yellow, or you can potentially you, com- compound it for yeah, a red. Yeah, just have a yellow, or Is you can it, guarantee a yellow and, and a maybe red. a red. <laughs> he was back ten centimeters, but not ten meters. Uh, I think we should have a, a broader conversation at this point because it was it wasn't just a win; it was total domination. And there's been a lot of comments uh, on Twitter since when. Well, and I brought it up in fairness with one of my <laughs> no. teams. Uh, the phrase <laughs> hobby league. Which JB has for three years used to describe the Pro 12. Oh no, I was about to fire up the Pro 12 report music, but it's on my other machine. Oh, that's a, oh. that's a shame. Yeah, well look, uh, there's nothing com- can, nothing entirely inconsistent with what I've been saying, which is the Pro 12. What? Hang on, wait what? for it, wait for it. The Pro 12, and let me, hear me now, believe me later, well no, just believe me, <laughs> is a horrendous league. It is a terrible product, an awful, awful spectacle. That is the Pro 12. 
some of the teams are quite good. In fact, some of the teams, as you can tell by this uh, this set of results, are very good. Uh, but that's not entirely inconsistent with what I've said because Zebra is still terrible, Dragon's still terrible, um, whoever it is is still uh, Treviso is still Edinburgh. terrible. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I mean, Edinburgh aren't that bad. They are improving. They had and a big, big win this weekend. Yes. Over uh, the, in Romania, the Romanian it? Saracens. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Then the Romanian Saracens beat Worcester. No, that was NSI. No, they got they got S- pumped by T- Timisoara. Ah, right. Yeah, okay. Timisoara Saracens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the league is terrible. I always say the league is terrible, uh, but the teams are good, which is why I'm saying split the league at Christmas. That would be such a bad idea. It's an amazing idea, Tim. <laughs> I really... Let's let's not talk about. We've done that on no. at least two other podcasts. Yeah, but it's yeah. such a good idea. And it is a <laughs> I don't know why idea. people don't listen to me. Imagine those games week in week out. Yeah, imagine how excited it's. Imagine Edinburgh being in one half and Glasgow being in the other, and then for the second half of the season, the fans, the Edinburgh fans who barely turn out to watch that team at the minute. Don't have a game that they bother turning out for. Again they don't bother the turning out anyway. So what's the difference? And it'd be so getting so heated now when you just come to Christmas and that cut-off point. I'll be, that'd be awesome. I'd love well, it. I, I am actually going to uh, Edinburgh. Oh, you never told me about this. In a few weeks to <laughs> watch Ulster. Are you with who? When? when? Uh, with our friend, friend, friend of the podcast, Chris Jane. Why wasn't I informed? Because uh, I'm going as a couples thing. Oh, that's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> First time you've not invited me on a um, on a couples thing, Phil, and I'm upset about it. <laughs> Sorry, mate. So, uh, so, so I, 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 I didn't get that. Did, do I detect... There was there didn't sound like any remote eating of any kind of humble pie. No, because I'm right. I, I mean, I am. <laughs> it just proved how right I am. Some of the teams are good. The league is terrible, and that's in some ways, it just shows how terrible the league is and how tin pot the organisation is. That these teams are so good, and yet no one watches the TV deals. Deals are, are, um, are rubbish. Of course, it's got its problems, like the way fans can't travel, blah, blah, blah. But that's always been my point. Pro 12 is terrible. Didn't you say that Leicester would beat Glasgow and Sale would beat Scarlets? No, I didn't, actually. And a, a few weeks... Well, you, you did say Sale would beat I Scarlets. Said, yeah, yeah. And a few weeks ago, you you said that uh, any of the top six sides in the Premiership would be any of the top six sides in the Pro 12, to which me and Tim jumped to the Pro 12 defence. Well, OK. Uh, you, you've probably been PC there because you don't watch that much Pro 12. Uh, let's just see who qualifies. Let's just see who qualifies. <laughs> Yo, hold on. Before you start turning this back <laughs> on me, saying that me and Phil don't know what we're talking about, let's just, just address what Phil said. You said that, that you were very dismissive of Pro 12. I didn't think the, the, the Pro 12 teams would end. <laughs> I don't think they'd finish in the top four. Um, we'll, up, we'll see anyway. It's, it's, it's the first game we can... Is it one swallow doesn't make a summer and all that? Exactly, we'll, and we will see. But 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 one thing I think we should do as just just for because like you say, there's six rounds. Is we should create like a, a kind of Ryder Cup tally, Pro Twelve Aviva Premiership when the two sides play each other, they're playing for a point. Oh, I love it! Kind of Ryder Cup. So on that basis, how many Aviva Premiership Pro Twelve matchups were there this weekend? There were five. Like, only uh, in the Champions there? Cup. No, oh. forget, forget the Challenge Cup. Yeah, doesn't oh, count. Sorry. Uh, I'm only talking about... No, how, what am I talking about? There's only one. There was, there was two, right? Glasgow, Leicester. And Glasgow, Leicester. Wasps. Wasps. Oh, Wasps. Sales, Scarlets. Sales, Scarlets. So it's 2-1 in the uh, in the Champions Cup. Yeah. Or 5-1 in if you count both together. 5-1 if you count both. 2-1 in the Champions Cup. But that was... The one was Wasps beating Zebra. But okay. what a win. 70-point win. Yeah. 
so on aggregate, I guess the Premiership's winning. Exactly. Plus 70. <laughs> but I mean, it does kind of demonstrate my point even Hobby more Lee. how Hobby rubbish Lee. they are. Down, you know. Although they're, they're only just winning because Scarlet's beat Sale by uh, almost 20 and Glasgow beat uh, Leicester by almost 30. Yeah, I'm going to say it's the Sale result which disappointed me the most. It's Sale don't travel well at no, all. No, they don't. Back to back hammerings. Yeah, we've seen it before. Really, really um, disappointing. We'll, that. we'll see it again. Oh, on the Sale thing, we should, we should say that. Phil's replacement, Jonathan Mills, Sail Sharks lock flanker, uh, Jonathan Mills, wasn't able to, What well, didn't feel like he could confirm the lift incident uh, <laughs> on the last podcast. He was quite coy about it, but proof emerged on Friday when Brian Majalty released his latest video. And I knew it. Footage from the lift. Have you, have you watched the video? I have. It's quite funny. Brian Majalty keeps, they're in there for like two hours yeah. and he keeps on shouting, uh, can someone get us some sandwiches? Uh, any pro- oh, is that what it was? <laughs> any progress on those sandwiches, guys? Do you know what I would do? I'd, I'd starve for about three, three or four hours, and then you know because they're athletes and they're going to be craving the food, and they're also big competitive men. I would just throw it in like, bit by bit. <laughs> I just listen to it as we left rumble. But it makes sense because there was a comment from Steve Diamond after the game when you know Sale were disappointed to lose at Bath. Uh, he was quite unhappy, and he said, "Oh, maybe I won't let the guys have a." You know, have a hotel before the game, and a lot of people interpreted that to mean, oh, he won't let them get quite so comfortable. But yeah. it wasn't. It was he won't let seven of their guys, or well, five or five, six of their guys, get stuck in a lift for two hours before <laughs> a match. Oh yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, a very disappointing game. I, I didn't actually catch all this. I caught some, like some of the highlights, uh, but from what I saw, they just got completely outplayed. Mm. And uh, Addison got I, I, completely mugged for the crossfield kick. Yeah, he he stood off him. He stood off um, DTH van der Merwe, and he should have hit him man and ball, which he had the time to do, but he gave him time to just power over the line. Mm. Addison had some very nice touches uh, and a couple of times when he was out of position, but he's still looking good. Well, yeah, the in. crossfield... I mean, you can't take away the crossfield kick because they did it ex- excellently, and you can't take away the charge down because, again, you make your own luck. But you know they are two tries which were preventable. I think I think I think that game potentially is one of the least. Well, no, it was quite possibly the as well as Wasp Zebra or whatever. It's probably the least important. I I, I only see one or two team. Well, the two teams could come from that pool, but I don't think it will be Scarlets or Sale. Saracens Toulon. Yeah. Yeah. Saracens yeah. Toulon. It's like it's kind of like they just they're making up the numbers a little bit. T- well, the most say that. Well, that leads me, so. that leads us on nicely, I guess, to Saracens too long. Well, just just one more point from that. Um, and sale, sale didn't travel well. Scarlets did play some attractive rugby, and it was very good to see possible Wales centre pairing uh, JD two and Scott Williams playing together and and looking pretty handy. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that goes well, in the Autumn Internationals. I had a bit of a discussion about this with a Welsh legend, Tom Shanklin, on the, on the Rugby Dungeon. Yeah. And it's very interesting, isn't it? Because Wales' problem is they have all these, well, these three very good centres who are the top three. But if you get rid of James Roberts, you have to basically rip off, rip up everything that you've done and start again. So will they do that? And I'm not entirely not sure, sure they will. No, I'm not sure they will he's either. such a hero. And, but he is very one-dimensional. Scott Williams potentially gives you a bit more. Yeah, I completely agree. So I completely agree. We'll see. And let's go on to Toulon Saracens. Hang on, before we talk about Toulon Saracens, <laughs> anyone wants to have a quick quiz? Okay. I could go for a quick quiz. Hello, Tim Cocker. Yes, I'm there. I'm, I'm in. I'm in, in always, always. Well, I thought 
in to kind of encourage cross-border cooperation and the success of the Pro 12 this week, I thought I would do a quiz where you have to name the clubs that Celtic Celtic players have played for. Does that make sense? Uh, so there's going yes. to be a point. I'm going to give you a name, and you are going to have a point for each club you can name that this player played for in England. Okay. Ah, right. Does that okay. Make sense? Yes. So Celtic players playing for English clubs. Okay. Okay. Um, I've got my docs out. I'll be on my um, computer, but I've got just a, a I've got uh, Google's Google Doc. Don't worry, guys. I trust you both. Okay. Yes. What's I, I don't want to. Uh, there's no. What, it would be a hollow victory if we cheated. Anyway, exactly. So You'd only be cheating yourself, Tim. But I think you. Yes. I think you would get away with it, Tim. You would be the. <laughs> you would be the type. So um, <laughs> let's get into this. Gregor Townsend. You get a point for each club you played for in England. All, all of these. If you if you get the wrong club, you get negatively marked, and if you get Gregor. more more clubs than you should, uh, you also get negatively marked. So Gregor Townsend. English clubs, please. Okay. Have you got anything written down, Tim? I've got two written down at the moment. Okay. Uh, so if he's played for two clubs, you'll have two points. Makes okay. sense? Yes. Played for one, you get yeah. one. But if you put in put on two, you get zero. Um, David James. Any ideas, Tim? Okay. Uh, yeah, I've got an idea. Ooh. Here's, here's for big points now. Ready? Yes. Peter Stringer. Okay. Oh, t- mm. Furious tapping by Phil. Did he go there for a little bit? Yes, he did go there. Oh, don't tell exactly him Exactly where you're thinking. Out. I didn't. I didn't can you see what he's written. I didn't. No, I didn't can you see what he's written. No, no. You can confirm on Facebook. He cannot see anything I've written. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know if he did go oh, there. Oh, this is like tactical because actually, if I'm not sure about one, I yeah, should exactly. Maybe not right. say it because you don't want to get marked negatively. Yeah, John Leslie. Ugh. Ugh. Didn't right. he have the thing with Abby Abby Titmus? <laughs> not the same guy, but Google thinks it is. <laughs> Uh, Alan Bateman. Oh, only two more to go. Wait, John Leslie. Alan Bateman. Okay. Gareth Delve. And last one is Scott Murray. Scott Murray. That's not the. Who am I? Th- I'm th- suddenly I started thinking of this. Bill Murray. Who was that? McLeod. Oh my god! I've not done well in this at all. All right, so let's go for number one. Gregor Townsend. What? Oh, wait, 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 wait! I'm still trying to think of those. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll run through the players again. And if you're on Facebook okay. Live, play along. Um, got Gregor Townsend, David James, Peter Stringer, John Leslie, Alan Bateman. Gareth Delve, Scott Murray. Uh, this is not pretty. Hmm. All right, then. So we're going to crack on, boys. Okay. Gregor Townsend. Who have you I've, got, Tim? 
Gregor Townsend, I've got Northampton Saints. Yeah, I also have Northampton Saints. I was sure about that one, and I just I don't know whether to roll the dice on another one. Okay. Um, uh, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop there because I, I was I was thinking Newcastle, but I'm not gonna say it in case it's negatively Ooh, marked. Ooh, excellent! So I can confirm that Gregor Townsend has played for Northampton. Breathe. Yes. Cast. Border Reavers. Natal Sharks. Correct. You both got maximum points. Oh, oh nice. So he's only good. one Premiership club. Yeah. Ah, very good. David. I really, I, I really, really wanted to be a, a big success with the Lions, uh, Scotland. With he Scotland. Need, he Scotland. needs to go on the Lions. That'd be great. David James. Go on, Tim. You again. I can show Jay who I've got. Sail Sharks. Yeah, I've got that. Okay. Well done, Tim. It's the only one I've got. I've written it down. I don't know whether to say it now. Well, I don't know if I have any more. I can only think of that. I'm going to but... say, did he play for Gloucester? Ooh, I can confirm that David James has indeed played for Bridgend. <laughs> he has played for Scarlets. He's played for Cardiff. Harlequins. Uh... Sale. And that is it. Oh. There might be another team in there. So I get so zero points. Zero points for that one. Uh, so it's 2 1 to me. Now, everyone's favourite Nathan Budget impersonator, Peter Stringer. <laughs> I thought it was a Will, um, Will James impression. Oh, it's a Will James impression. Will James impersonator, Peter Stringer. Sail <laughs> so, so, Sharks, obviously. Bath, obviously. And then I know there's another club. Ooh, exciting. Um, I don't want to commit to it. I, I, I'm, I'm nervous. So tactical. So tactical. I'm going to say no. I'm, go, I'm not going to say it, but I've got one written down. Okay. Uh, I am going to say it. Okay. Bath, Sale, Newcastle. Okay. I can confirm. Peter Stringer played for Munster. <laughs> Shall I tell you what I had written down? Yeah, go on. Saracens. Uh, that was the one I deleted. So I wrote it down and then deleted it. That, that was the one I couldn't think. You can't have the point, I'm afraid, Tim, but you'd play for Saracens, Newcastle, ah! Bath, and Sale. So, so that's four all. Four all. Uh, John Leslie. I could only think Newcastle, so I put that down. Yeah, Newcastle. Okay, one apiece. He played for Newcastle and he also played for Northampton. Mm. Ah. Is so tying, we're still level. Is John Leslie the guy that scored the fastest ever international try? Got no idea. Maybe. Does that help? For, from a kickoff, year obviously years and years ago. Uh, I did have um, Bateman on here, but he's gone. I never asked that. So you uh, did. You did ask Bateman. Did you, did, you did ask Bateman. But I didn't yeah. write anything down because I didn't know. <laughs> Seems to have also deleted Bateman, so I don't know where that's gone. Did any you, any idea I... about Bateman? Yeah. Gone. Um, he played at Northampton. Phil. Uh, I I had nothing. I'm just. Googling him now. Nothing for Phil. One for Tim. Northampton indeed. Gareth Dells. He also played for Richmond. He did. But they weren't... I don't think they were in the Premiership. They were. Oh, were they? Okay. Well, you can have... In one of the er- the earliest forms of the Premiership. Well, I, for wouldn't, it, uh... I wouldn't worry about it because neither of you can have it. Um, <laughs> Gareth Delve. Gareth Delve. Gloucester and Bath. Nice, Tim. I also have Gloucester and Bath. Well done, Phil. And last one is Scott Murray. I have one written down. Go on, Tim. Saracens. Phil? Uh, I wrote down London Irish. 
but I don't think that's correct. He loses it on the last point. I'm pretty sure it's Saracens. It is Saracens. Uh, Congratulations, yeah. Tim. You win today's yes. wonderful quiz. Uh, yes, we... it was a wonderful quiz. It was good. Shall I, send, I like it. Shall I send you some Canterbury stash? I've got loads. <laughs> I've been Do you know what? Myself. We've still not sent the Canterbury stash from the last time. Yes, uh, I'm going to send it. I think it was... Uh, he was bit, been on on Twitter again. Uh, I am going to send it. I'm going to take it off you today, Jay, and I'm going to put it in the post tomorrow. Superb. Okay. Is that, our, is that what, our, what our hashtag stash winner you mean? It was to Chris Bailey. Uh, it was a which someone pointed out on a recent podcast. Uh, we should call it stash tag. Ooh, very <laughs> a good. stash tag. A stash tag. Yeah, that's catchy. Okay, let's talk about the most impressive European performance I have seen to date. Well, since our last most impressive European performance, <laughs> yeah. Saracens. Saracens, oh my word. I mean, so I don't know if anyone actually watched the game I was working on, uh, Leinster Cast, <laughs> because Saracens Toulon was on at the same time Maybe on like... BT Sport as well. I've got to say. And that was so one-sided that I think even the people watching in Ireland probably would have turned over about 50, 60 minutes ago. Maybe, you know I watched the end of the Saracens Toulon game. Maybe my favourite tweet of all time is you calling the RDS a proper rugby ground. Yeah, <laughs> when, when it's made for show jumping, I know. <laughs> a few people were very quick to point yeah. that out, weren't they? Here I am at Silverstone, it's... a proper rugby ground. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's the... The picket fences all along the the side of the pitch that you can see from the TV I camera. Love it. It's I, it's beautiful. Is it's it? so nice. It's great. Well, it's really it's quite old and rickety, but in a really charming way. I they have it. like a, a royal box, don't they? Yeah. Well, they, they will do if it's for show jumping, I guess. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, it has furry cloth. That's, that was one of the seats. I was sat in the little royal box area. Um, just with the picket fence in front of me, looking out on the on the ground in the Dublin sunshine, it was oh, it was gorgeous. Oh, and I love I love the hedges there. In fact, I, I said it when I was on a, a rival podcast. I love I love the <laughs> Leinster hedges. Real di- real deep deep insight there. So I didn't get I didn't get to see, and I've only watched uh, highlights of Saracens too long. Oh but, so well, yeah. I just watched it, uh, just in awe, quite frankly. Uh, Saracens were magnificent. Um, I'm not sure. Richard Wigglesworth gets nearly enough credit. He is some some player. He's so good at what he does. Yeah. I mean, you might not enjoy what he does. Uh, no. I, I guess it's kind of like being the best traffic warden out there. You know, it's <laughs> no one no one appreciates it. It's a little bit boring, but my God, he's good at it. Uh, he is. If if you want a nine to control the game, put you in the right areas, take the pressure off your your forwards and off your ten. Brilliant, and I mean the following up for the try when it was uh, it was Farrell's pass to Jamie George mm. who cut that incredible line from outside centre and then offloaded to Wigglesworth. Oh, big news! I've just got an email from James Haskell. Breaking news! <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, look at that, James. Well, well, save save that, save that, save that, save that. Yeah, we'll save it till the end. Well, save that to the end. So Ooh. an email from James Haskell. At the end of the podcast, do not you need to make sure you keep listening. Right. Wow. Um, to, to continue the sort of Wigglesworth um, analogies you were you were talking about, there's no movies made about straight laced cops, <laughs> is there? You know what I mean? No, there is one. Always... There is one. Is there? Yeah, and one of the best movies ever about cops, actually. Go on. Day of the Jackal. That is the most straight-laced cop ever. <laughs> a guy who just checks his facts over and over again. Nothing flash, 
just checks his facts. That okay, is... well, so maybe there is one, but generally you're like the Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. Wasn't <laughs> yeah, someone, yeah. someone totally maverick. He, that that would be Dan Robson. And no, that's, no. That's, that's more likely to put bombs on seats Who? or to uh, to make have movies made about them. But Richard Wigglesworth is very effective, but yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Richard Wigglesworth must watch What's-His-Name play at Bath. Um, oh, Matawalu. Matawalu. And just... Just look disgusted yeah. at what he sees. Just, is, <laughs> what are you doing, you amateur? You may score fifty yard tries one in five games. But what but, about your books kicks? What about your basics? Yeah, and the number of times you get caught with a ball and the service for poor George Ford. Yeah, uh, what kind of nine gets caught with a ball? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he was magnificent. Uh, to be fair, all of Saracens were pretty magnificent. Yeah, in, in that first half. That was one of the most complete performances yeah. from a team I've seen, and to do it in Toulon's own backyard was more impressive. And is that right? They've never been beaten in European competition there. In, at the highest yeah. level, um, at the top tier European competition, they never lost. The one thing I thought about this game at home. is, I wonder if prior to the match or during the lead up to the match, how much studying Toulon had done on Saracens? How much did they really know about them? Because I, I, you know, they might have seen a video or typed in Saracens on YouTube, <laughs> but I doubt it's that much. And you can guarantee that Saracens knows everything yeah. about Toulon. And I think that's the cool. difference, isn't it? It's a preparation. So a really interesting selection. Um, Toulon selected uh, Sammy Manoa mm-hmm. and uh, Gorgodsa as their second row pairing. Yeah, so monstrous second row pairing, but they're really back rows, and they're, they're, I mean they're tall enough and big enough to play second row, but it's not the same as having Cruis and Itodji, who are prime line out forwards. They not only incredible on their own ball, but can read and disrupt the opposition ball. Yeah, and it, I actually thought that made a big difference not having that specific second row. It did make a difference, but you know you look at it's not the only thing that made a difference. Yeah, but you look at the Toulon pairing, you expect them, because of their names and their style of play, to be better around around the field, be more you know, be more explosive, be better ball carriers. That just wasn't the case. No. Uh Cruis and Atoji were just awesome I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say awesome and amazing every time I say something about a Saracens <laughs> player but that's the only way I can really I can really describe them. And the most impressive man on the park, particularly in that first half for me um, was Mako Vanipola. Yeah, can't, can't disagree with that. His carry... No, actually, no, I do, I do disagree with that. Okay. <laughs> um, the most impressive guy for me was Schaltberger. I mean... Uh, you... Schaltberger in a very different way. Oh. His hands. His hands, his work rate, his tackling. I mean, he seems to have just picked off from where Jack Berger left, which is high work rate, heroic tackling. And I hate to say it, he might have even added something else. Well, that... See, that's I think, is the difference between Saracens last year and this year. So that Scout Berger has reinvented his game. We've said it before. He can do the real tough stuff, but his hands now are absolutely incredible. And Saracens almost didn't have that or someone afford with that capability last year. And now his link play, he takes off so much pressure from Farrell or Lozowski by being that, that link man. Uh, and all of the forwards seem to have upped their game in terms of their handling skill because of the, the because Scout Burgers come in. Completely agree. Completely agree. Tim, there's so guys, there's so. Oh, sorry, you're going to say, Jamie. I was going to ask you, what do you think of Farrell's return? <laughs> oh no, sorry, you didn't. You, you didn't uh, see the full you, game. You didn't see, see, see the, whole, the, the whole the whole game, did you? I didn't see the whole game. Sorry. No, so um... I'll direct that to Phil. What did you think of Farrell's return? Uh, I was a little bit underwhelmed. I thought. 
they didn't put any pressure on him and they protected him a lot more. They were mm. using other guys as that first receiver, like Scout Berger, um, and Goode was coming in there as first receiver. Good so well. they, they took a lot of pressure on him and, and um, Wigglesworth box kicking, obviously. So uh, I thought he did very well, but he didn't he didn't get put into a position that he was doing anything that he wasn't comfortable with. And so his team looked after him. Tim, but, boys, yeah, what, what are you doing there? You cracking nuts? Hello? Hey? Oh, you can hear that, can you? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Can we hear it? It sounds like it's, it's like you're like, stapling the walls. I don't know what you're doing. Playing with Lego. It's miles away, miles away from the microphone. The end of my pen's just broken, so I was just uh, clicking <laughs> it into position. <laughs> I'll stop. I didn't realise the microphone was that effective. Well, there you go. Um, we got so much rugby to talk about. I'm yes. worried we're, we're either going to have a four-hour podcast or not get through it all. You're quite right. We've talked far too much about Saracens, but they're just so good. They are so good. They're just. They are so they good. They are the. I think. It, I, I'm, in fact. I'm going to say that they are the pinnacle of rugby behind the All Blacks. There's All Blacks and Saracens. I, yeah, well, it was suggested to us, wasn't it, that um, the the two of them? They, uh, I can't I comment. I can't. Sorry, I can't credit the person on Twitter that tweeted us that rugby podcast, but said it needs to happen. All Blacks versus Saracens, because at least then the two teams would have someone competitive <laughs> to play. You're quite right. Uh, yeah, completely, completely agree. I think Saracens are the best, the best rugby team in the world outside of All Blacks. They are phenomenal. Um, I am um, sorry, Phil. You were going to say something? I was going to say, are there any other games we want to talk about on Saturday? Because Wasps hammered Zebra. Uh, Connacht very narrowly beat uh, Toulouse, but a great victory. That was for, a fantastic for, result for Connacht. I've not seen the game. I've seen one try actually, the length of the field try, which was superb. Yeah, I, well, I watched, I watched that in a pub just outside the RDS. Ah, very I nice. Missed, I missed the end of it, but the Leinster fans were really cheering on Connacht. Good, were they? It was, yeah, yeah, it was great. Well, I am. And... It's, it's a Leinster feeder club, isn't it? It is. Yeah, no wonder they're cheering them <laughs> on. They're like, oh, Bundyaki rubbing their hands. <laughs> <laughs> Vultures. Yeah. Well, actually, well, um, there is. But, but oh, I do want to mention. I do want to mention Leinster if I can. Yeah, please do it. Uh, Joey Carberry, real deal. This yeah. kid. We talked about him earlier. The this kid is the real deal, and. He looks so comfortable, albeit, you know, earlier in the season he played against Treviso and albeit that now he was playing against Cast, who just didn't turn up, really. Is he the 10? Yes. Yeah. Ireland under 20 is 10. My word. Okay. Uh, honestly, so Ireland and Leinster have got two years from now when Johnny Sexton, you know, starts to be a declining force. A couple of years' time, Joey Carberry will seamlessly pick up and carry on. He is... Some talent. His his footwork is awesome. He's got the footwork of a back three player, um, and he just seemed to be really, really composed. I was very impressed. And what's more, that whole Leinster backline is so young. Henshaw, Ring Rose look great. Uh, re- that, that midfield axis, the the ten, twelve, thirteen look great. Was uh, Luke McGrath starting at nine? Yeah, he didn't have a great game. Did he not? Ooh. No. Um, what is the flanker they're getting very excited about? Is it Van der Fleer? Van der Fleer, yeah, he, he had a strong now, game. Is he actually Irish? Have I got that wrong? Or yes, right? yes, he is. Yes, he is. But there's another. There's a, a, uh, Leave, Levy. Levy that's is the what other. I'm he's of, the yeah. younger one, isn't he? Yeah, um, I, I, it'd be interesting. Interesting to see who they pick at seven in the absence of Sean O'Brien. I, I think Van der Fleer will probably get the nod for the big games. Yeah, mm. but it'd be interesting, but. Is this but not a good argument though? Now, I mean, probably Lens fans will kick off. But would you want would you want to keep O'Brien? 
I know he's capable of doing amazing things, but the amount it would cost to keep you there and a handful of games every couple of years. It's the Tuolagi argument, isn't it? It absolutely is. I mean, they are in a different position because I don't think they have a salary cap, do they? The Irish teams. Uh, I don't know, but they're limited by, by the TV money anyway. Mm. I don't know how conf- much the information is confirmed, but obviously Greg Laidlaw to... Uh, where was it? Well, Claremont. Claremont. Well, from what I read, it hadn't been. Na- he's he just announced he's leaving Gloucester, and it's for a long time been rumoured to be Claremont, but apparently Toulon are also after his signature. Huh. Now this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because he is a good scrum half. He's a really good scrum half. But do you think, in some ways, he's not maybe as good as he's made out to be because of the kicking? I, I actually think it might be the other way. Really? Because he is v- so similar to one Richard Wigglesworth in the way that he con- he gives perfect service and he controls the game impeccably. Um, so I actually think the kicking... Some some people only look at him for the kicking when he has a lot more to his game. Do you know who he would be replacing, though, if he went to Claremont? Uh, Morgan Parra. Who has a kicking percentage in the 90s. Yeah. 93 or something. He Well, he said uh, he'd got 33 out of 35 kicks in the top 14 this year. And then he got a further four today. And he, the, his first one was on the left-hand touchline as a left-footed kicker, so the hardest kick he could do, and just comfortably slotted it over in what was described as being very windy conditions. Yep. And uh, uh, Montpellier rumoured to be, I don't know, again, if that's been confirmed, but Ruin Pinar could be the destination, uh, Montpellier <sighs> could be the destination for Ruin Pinar. IRFU, you are mental. You're uh, absolutely yeah. mental. Well, on the flip side of that, because Ruin Pino will be going to Montpellier, presumably to play 10, which I know sounds odd, but that's why they let their t- they're letting their 10 go, right? Uh, well, they've got Botica in, didn't they? Yeah, but the man with the best name in rugby is now coming to Harlequins. Did we talk about this l- last week? Bongo and Bombi. No. Nope, not him. Not Chili, e- Chili Boy Ralapelli. N- and no, and not not Yves Dongi either. <laughs> not Yves Dongi. <laughs> um, it is the Greek god Dimitri Katrakalis. Yes. So he's signed for Harlequins next now, season. At some point, I'm going to have to do a little video of the flyhoff merry-go-round, which is about to kick off, and I cannot wait. <laughs> but yeah, he's coming into Harlequins. So I don't think Bosca's the answer to start for anyone really. No, um, he's a mm. good backup. So, you know, he's like a Tim Sweel type. Um, so I'm assuming Pinar's going to go there and play 10 or maybe I'm completely wrong maybe but then they've, got Nick, they've got Nick White unless he goes back to Australia as a, as a 9 haven't they yeah they have Who? Well, he did, he did, Nick White did not cover himself in glory did he no that was almost the Ben Botica moment <laughs> did, did, did either of you watch this game no uh, bits I've seen the highlights I'm not interested in the European Challenge Cup it wasn't it was European it was Champions Cup. Champions what? Cup. North, Northampton versus Montpellier, which I expected to be Northampton as a team. The Champions Cup's played on Thursday. Northampton played Montpellier no, on, Saturday on Saturday night evening. at the same time Afternoon. as Connick. Sorry, I'm thinking of... Um, Quinns. Quinns, the Quinns game. Quinn, Quinn, yeah. Quinnstad, yes. Sorry, so, my, uh, my bad. Northampton-Montpellier, and I, I almost didn't watch it because you've got a team in Northampton who, try as they might, they can't play rugby and a team in Montpellier who are completely unwilling to play any rugby. Uh, and so it was exactly what I expected. It was 16-14. Uh, nice little try by Callum Clark with a brilliant uh, pick-em-alls offload. Mont- Montpellier using their enormous pack, um, and Northampton defending it well. But then a mistake. The last minute, uh, Northampton had the penalty, which from a long way out, which Malinder missed. 
Nick White failed to make touch and then they were given a subsequent penalty much closer, which Milo slotted with the last kick of the game to win win 16-14. Can I just mention something about this game? Uh, Their coach, Alex King. Yes. So they announced the team squad. I don't know if you saw this, Tim. But the team squad was um, someone, 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 one's 15, all listed. And then right at the end, it was like, P.S., we have also fired, fired Alex King. We, <laughs> we thank him for his efforts. Yeah. Harsh. It was, all, it was all very written, like, really amicable. Oh, we're, we're really good mates. We love Alex so much. He's Mutual consent. So good. They're busy Mutual throwing consent, his stuff out the right. window. Mutual consent. It hasn't been working for a while, though, has it? No. No, with the, the talent they've got in that back line for them not to be firing in the manner. It's it's the failure to score tries that is most galling. Tell um, you what, there's going to be quite a few out-of-work coaches with big names soon. Yeah. Ma- I don't Major, mean, King. King was... I mean, Ford's back, but not for long, I don't think. King was touted for England. And he, he was, he wasn't at, that long ago. Coached at Claremont. Yeah. Um, big name. So be but inter- listen, don't, don't, uh, my, my take on Northampton is... The problem is not their backline. The problem is their forwards. They are they are cumbersome, turgid, and slow at recycling the oh. ball, and that is why their backline isn't oh. working. That's interesting. So, that so is I, interesting because I, I would not have said that. But now you mention it, yeah, they are they are big. If you put it's... if you put Northampton's backs behind Glasgow's pack on Friday night, I think they can cut loose as well. Glasgow. Interesting. Well, mm, I'm not sure. I mean, Pickamoles is a genuine bona fide superstar but that's about it and then him and North kind of well, no, there's some flickers of they've, they've brilliance got, they've got the players there but if if they're not getting quick ball then they're not working because you've, you've got uh, half a dozen England internationals in there oh yeah I, yeah I think the packs are the most scary pack in the premiership yeah in terms of their options I mean they've got two but complete front rows who are pretty much internationals they've got quality throughout the whole team they just can't do anything right. Like. Yeah, that the game the game was terrible. So let's not talk about yes. it anymore. Because well, how long are we on JB at the minute? Not long enough. Uh, talking with you guys, I could do it all 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 day, Tim. <laughs> all day. Uh, let's talk. Right, so so st- still to come. Still to come. I've got a rugby social with uh, some a quiz about what rugby players are doing on Twitter. We got an email from James Haskell. Uh, yeah. And I'm not reading and... it though. Uh, it's uh, I'll read it to you guys after the after the pod. Okay. So, um, okay. uh, good news. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, okay. Yeah, so I think the only two other games we should t- touch upon are Connacht because it's magnificent, and and uh, who uh, extra Chiefs. Uh, well, has anyone seen Connacht? Yes, I've seen some highlights. I, I saw bits of it. All, all I will say, I'll, I'll just make a general point about the Irish provinces. I know Ulster would be disappointed, very disappointed, very fact, disappointed, very very disappointed. I'm and they have to win. I'm going to be at. Um, uh, Ravenhill for the Exeter game. Are you? Yes. You, and then I'm gonna. You looking? And up. then and then, please tell me where I should go for a night out in Belfast because I've I'm getting a late. I'm I'm getting I'm not getting a plane till quarter past two the next day. So I'm I'm <laughs> having. A, I'm planning to have a good old night of it in Belfast. So oh, anyway. Nice. Um, um, but but what I would say is is it's great after none of the Irish provinces qualifying for the knockout stages last year. I'm so glad to see that that was a bit of a blip and they appear to be getting things back together. Well, uh, I, let's just do the Connacht game very, very quickly now. Try of try of the tournament. If it's surpassed, it's going to be some try. Uh, then the... How do you say his name? Uh, the winger. The winger. The, the Nigerian uh, winger. The Nigerian winger. <laughs> Adi. Uh, Adi Alokin. Adi Aloki. Him. Breathtaking. So the only thing I'm going to say... On this is IRFU, Robbie Henshaw, Leinster. Shame on you, boys. Shame on you. <laughs> You've said that a few times. Yeah, but I, I, I'm doubling down on that. <laughs> when does Bundyaki qualify for Ireland? Uh, not what, soon enough. Uh, by by what, the way, he's playing. What, well, yeah, not soon enough. Uh, by the way that World Rugby are talking, where they're going to change it to five years as well, which I think is I can't believe it's only three years. They need to get that sorted. Do you it's know, a, it, it's a sham. From uh, from. A purist's perspective, I see where you're coming from. You you know you want to see English boys playing for England, blah blah blah, and you don't, and you don't want to see mercenaries or project players. But it is important, and I don't see why you should limit someone's someone's career for it. They no, like, you're not limiting someone's career. Well, like, you would, if, be, if, we're you? To, if we're talking about um, a family that emigrate and go and live in another country, then yes, I completely understand that that person. Shouldn't be um, compromised by decisions out of their control. But if aged nineteen, you take a mega bucks deal to Why go. Do, and, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if it's mega bucks or not. The, the, well, all right. Well, if the, you the, take risk, three the year, risk is if, so if, great. If you're South African and you go, 
oh, do you know what? I'm going to go and live in Ireland for three years and then then stand there in um, the Aviva Stadium, sing the national anthem as an quote-unquote Irishman. I And it's the same for Nathan Hughes' no. English. It's just, I, I really dislike it. I understand, and I, and I understand your point about limiting a player's earning potential and i get that but i i i'm a fan not for financial reasons i'm a fan because i have an emotional connection with the game i'm passionate about well, it i love it yeah but look there, there, like there will be Stander. a little bit of me there will be a little bit of me that dies inside as happy as i'll be for nathan hughes to be an, to be an english international because he's not english uh well okay just but look at someone like cj stander you know he's come over he basically fits exactly the mold which you've uh painted there but he doesn't give any, he doesn't give any less. And so what? You know, if you are the third best eight in South Africa or the fourth best, and you're not 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 getting a shout, you've seen the effects of rugby firsthand. You've had a, a brother that plays short career, incredibly in, incredibly dangerous. And if it's just a case of playing to your highest possible uh, level, you should definitely go for it. So five well, years just, out of a career I, is too long for me. It's three I, years. I just said I understand that yeah. point of view, but it, it, it's I just find it a bit ugly and distasteful and you, you know like with premiership premiership the, the the smaller clubs say oh all all that happens is man united chelsea arsenal all these big clubs buy the youngsters and then put them in their reserves and then they end up never you know never really making it it's, yeah i just i just I, don't, I really really dislike it so the sooner that world rugby make it five years or six years even the better for me hmm phil let me guess I, you've said six years i've said three years Phil thinks four years. Yeah, split the difference. Yeah, there we four go. And a, four and a half. Con- consensus. C- consensus, Phil. <laughs> Boring consensus, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Exeter. Uh, school, schooled, absolutely schooled. Um, yep. this, I think this was going to win. This was <sighs> the tournament. So one-sided. It wasn't even yeah. funny, and it wasn't. It wasn't in terms of. Uh, they were more dominant, or they had a load more territory and possession, or their their scrum completely destroyed them, or their lineout completely destroyed them. It was how clinical Claremont were, yeah. And when they got those chances, their forwards and backs handling was both brilliant. It, this is probably the highest praise you can actually give. Claremont was Saracens esque mm. because they didn't have a huge amount of territory and possession, but every single time they got a turnover ball or quick ball with men out wide, it didn't matter who was out there. They exploited the space and they scored the tries. Yeah. Um, Exeter are consistent. They play at a level. Just say, you know, 1 to 10, Exeter play at level 8. Doesn't matter who they're playing, where they're playing, it's level 8, it's level 8, level 8. And, you know, they were consistent. They looked like Exeter. But they don't have, they can't go through those gears. They very rarely come down the gears, but they don't have that extra... That extra level, which is why you know they can't compete with Saracens, they can't compete with Wasps in the in the quarters. Well, um, well I just, just like, I'd just like to take you back to pre-season when I said my thought of Exeter is that we might have seen a higher watermark for a few years, and they're going to go back before they go forward. And I think you guys yeah. were saying they were going to step uh, on again, weren't you? Yeah, I think I th- I thought they would. Exeter will be a bit better than last year, but it's going to be they're still going to be consistent. I don't think they will be as good as last year. So I now I originally thought. Their young guys had come on, more experienced, they've been in the England setup, blah, blah, blah. I thought they would kick on, plus bringing in guys like Lockie Turner, like Dave Dennis, mm. like Greg Holmes. <clears throat> I'm actually going back on that and thinking perhaps last year was a bit of a Connacht year for Exeter in the fact that they don't lose anyone to internationals. That last year, when the internationals were on, which obviously impacted 
the league more than any other year at, in the past and in future. They they only lost Thomas Francis, who doesn't even make the fifteen anyway, and Jack Noel, who yeah. does make the fifteen but's been injured this season. So when Saracens were losing nine players and Wasps were losing six players and Leicester were losing five players and so on and so forth, they lost one guy from their starting fifteen, and so that they could exploit that last year and this year you're kind of there it's probably more at their level and I I don't like to say it but I think that is the realisation that I'm yeah. coming to having seen you, them quite you, a few times you don't like to say it but you, but you think I'm completely right is what you're saying I, yes yeah I right. think you were I think you were right at <laughs> the start of the season yeah, I think the couple of players have hit their level yeah, I don't think you're going to see Steenson you know come on an, another you know few few levels same as Sam Hill I think the development of Henry Slade has to be has to be classed as disappointing yeah this year, there again Definitely. when he when he came on he did look pretty good, um, and Witten, Witten is not up to the task on the wing. Oh, I mean, he was so busy. Yeah, he's busy, but, but where's the finishing power? Yeah, yeah. You know he's a he looks like a big strong boy. He's very very muscular, but you know where's that extra bit of like um, explosivity? Why can't he go on the outside of people? But he's he's a thirty one year old centre, isn't he? I know. But he's playing there because Noel and Dolman, Dolman. Dolman's injured, Noel's injured, and I assume James Short is injured. Yeah. So you've got three of your, what would be starting back three I mean, all I, out. I don't mind. I have him in, in my fantasy team. So he can carry <laughs> on playing as far as I'm concerned. And the, Tim, the reason I say uh, I'm disappointed to say it, not because you're right. Uh, yeah, I'm, know, I'm very very happy with that. It, it's because I think I do, and I think all of us do see Exeter as a bit of a second team for us, as a lot of people do. Absolutely. So I'm disappointed to see that they haven't yet uh, kicked on, and I hope they do improve. Another thing they I, I noticed today with Exeter is against Bristol. I mean Claremont, Bristol, similar sort of standard. Um, Exeter had a very obvious game plan, and when they go into twenty two into twenty two, they get very tight, and they would move the ball. They'd kind of do a one out, but the ball will be moved, say three or four defenders wide. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you got guard, bodyguard, first receiver. Well, Exeter would throw the ball one out to a pod, like three players wide, if, if that makes sense. And that's where they would find the space. And they kind of did that to Bristol, and they shut the game down in the 22. In the Claremont's 22, on the line, battering away, they just looked like they were completely headless. Running ones, twos. They, let's, let, let's, 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 not, let's not get too deep into this. They, they got a hammer in. Just broadening it out, because there was a few teams that, that got dominated, and... I think Exeter will carry on trying to qualify. You saw last year how they n- never gave up till the end. Yeah. Uh, but I do think some of the pools, the complexion of them is going to completely shift because Cast, for example, were talking a big game about how they're going to take this competition really seriously. Their, their players, I didn't think, looked like they really were totally committed. They, they got schooled by Leinster. And I think what you're going to see is after next week, you're going to see some teams just make the decision, particularly the French teams, make the decision. We're not going to be able to qualify to so sod it. We're putting in our second string for the rest of the games, and you could you could yeah. see some where we thought the runners up from some pools will come. They'll start coming from other mm. pools. It'll, it'll be interesting to watch over the six games. Yeah, it, it will be. I mean, one game in is too early to say, but after yeah. two, if anyone has lost two out of two, because that obviously includes a home game as well. Yeah. Um, you you might start to see it. Uh, like, I thought, like for example, I think if Leicester lose at home to Racing, they can pretty much kiss goodbye to a, a quarter final spot already. Yes, 
I mean, obviously not completely, but um, yeah, if they get nothing out of it, if they get a losing bonus point and lose, it's still possible. But anyway, Cockrell doesn't strike me as a man who gives up easily. But no, I no, do, absolutely, I do see your point. Um, what? One matchup, one one matchup we haven't talked about. One European heavyweight matchup we have not talked about is BT Sport versus Sky Sports adverts <laughs> for European competition. Oh. So you're talking. In the red corner for BT Sports, Austin Healy doing a Willy Wonka uh, song. Uh, and and which, in which the blue he, corner for, which... for, Sky, for Sky Sports, James Haskell on the decks. So Austin Healy was actually singing that as well, wasn't he? Yes, he yeah. was. Uh, that, that was probably the most confusing part. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, OK. I mean, obviously, I'm completely unbiased. I thought the BT Sport one was outstanding. I loved it. It was outstanding. It, look, it right. looked, it looked I'm gonna, incredible. OK, so I actually... <laughs> I think my views on James Haskell on the decks has been fairly well documented <laughs> by now. So I'm not going to go there. Other than this... At least it's a little bit more upbeat and suitable for a contact sport. I mean, that sort of. I mean, what Willie? What? Uh, why? I, I don't. I, I don't really get it. I, like the production value on the Willy Wonka advert is great, but why? What does it have to do with anything? It, it doesn't really make me what was get the, excited. What was the little strap line at the end, or what's the song called? I've got no idea. What all, is it? all you have, all you have to do is dream, or. Nothing but a dream, something like that. Yeah, I well, I mean, now. hey, you, you, you work for BT and you don't even know what the strap line is. Uh, I love my rugby and I don't know what the strap line is. I'm just confused. I, I'm, I'm, go- I'm rifling through my pockets getting ready to spend money on sweets. <laughs> I, I don't know what that, re- what that, what that is. So, um, I loved it. Well, I, I thought fair, fair play for uh, putting yourself up there to be shot down. He's, he's a kind of polarizing figure in the rugby he world does isn't he? In, uh, well he does enjoy that uh doing yeah, does. more unusual does. things doesn't he yeah. Um, yeah there there is a bit of an obsession with the uh, rugby players wanting to be djs apparently dan carter likes to get on the decks does he obviously there's dj on, Church. The, on the dicks on the hang dicks. on is that on the... <laughs> dan carter likes to get on the dicks <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Are you sure you don't mean like of a yacht? Maybe it is yachting that he's into. I mean, I like to get on decks. Don't get no. <laughs> a DJ Turk Church. Nick Autorak recently has been uh, Instagramming himself, doing some mixing, and uh, Paolo Adogwu the same. Um, They're all at it. Really, Paolo Adogwu as well. Well, there you go. Um, um, I'll tell you something. Uh, another very quick. Uh, what Phil's missus said. Uh, when, when, oh, brilliant! When we were away, uh, I was checking up with the rugby scores. I can't remember. She asked what game it was, um, and I said, "Oh, it's ba- Bath versus Sale." And she said, "Oh, is that in the Avicii Premiership?" James Haskell to call it from now on. <laughs> James Haskell would love the Avicii Premiership. Well, in unless, the... un- unless Aviva come in and sponsor the podcast, <laughs> we are calling it the Avicii Premiership. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Talking of sponsors, uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, I very highly recommend that you get onto our good friends who made all this possible and much more, Cornerstone. Oh, quite right, JB. Um, do you want to do the uh, do the bump for well, ten? You're very good at this. Well, I, I, I wouldn't even get on to our good friends Cornerstone if you if you enjoy the podcast. If if you listen to the podcast and you hate it, get on to Cornerstone yeah. as well because <laughs> because 
it's not about the podcast. It's about getting yourself the best quality razor that, that that you can get for a for a very very cheap price because you're listening to this podcast. So Cornerstone are the best razor on the market. That's a fact. We're not we're not bullshitting you on that one. It is the GQ Award winner. Beat Wilkinson Sword. Beat Gillette. If you've got one of those in your bathroom cabinet, you're using an inferior product. Get. Hello. Go on. I think what Tim was about to say before he went quiet there is get your Cornerstone razor for as little as £4 per month uh, and also you get a nice hand-graved, a nice engraved shaft with any initials you want. I go for JB, others are available. Just go to cornerstone forward slash egg chasers. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. (laughs) You've just cut out. I did a little bit to uh, fill you in there. I could hear you. You did it Ah, perfectly. Right, there you go. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkout. See, I think right. we, we look after our fans, right? Because we've basically got two things, haven't we? Got, if you're a hipster, you buy beer 52, yeah. egg 20 at, uh, at checkout. Or if you don't work in the creative industries or a tattoo artist, you can go and buy Cornerstone. So we basically have something for everyone. Well, yeah, if you have a beard, <laughs> you go for beer 52. If you don't have a beard, you go for Cornerstone. And beer 52. Yeah. And beer 52. Perfect. And beer 52, exactly. Yeah, so absolutely wonderful. Um, quick game, of, quick game of rugby social. Let, I'll, I'll rattle through this. Yes, yes. Well, we have got one more game to talk about as well. Who's, Although I, where? I will skip over it very quickly. Ulster, uh, Ulster Go again. Uh, right, Ulster, okay. Also travelled to Bordeaux and gave an incredibly spirited performance for seventy-two minutes. Let's do rugby social. Uh, and me, then, and then, then Ulster. And then Ulster. Well, it'll take me about thirty seconds on, to then. get over this. Yeah, Go on, on, Phil. Ulster were brilliant. Spirited performance for seventy-two minutes. Ulster were brilliant. Uh, you really like Ulster for seventy-two minutes. You, you were very pride, very proud. Uh, their their defence is brilliant. They don't score enough points when they were on top for periods in the first half and early in the second half. They don't score enough points, which is what I've bemoaned previously. Uh, and ultimately, Bordeaux um, they brought on some monstrous forwards and ground us into the dirt. Eventually, two late tries. Uh, Madigan sounded like he had a good game. Madigan did all right. Adam Ashley Cooper did all right. They brought on a Fijian winger uh, who, when Ulster were t- starting to tire, he ran riot and created the first of the their two tries. Now I understand Bordeaux have the biggest crowds in the French hold League. Hold on, hold on. You, 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 a second ago you were like, oh, do we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this. this <laughs> is, <laughs> this is my life, Tim. Yeah. As soon as someone starts talking rugby, I'm like, oh god, here we go again. And then three minutes later, I'm. I'm into it. This is just this is how I operate. Um, yeah, apparently they've got the biggest crowds in France. Did, did the this, did the atmosphere seem good? Did the crowd did the crowd seem lively? The crowd seemed very good. The pitch was awful. Apparently, been very heavy rain. But yeah, um, the atmosphere was very good. And you can tell by some of the names of the players that they've got there um, that they obviously do get a big crowd. They obviously do have some money behind them. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Rugby social, then. I've been keeping an eye on what some of the rugby players have been up to on Twitter. Okay. And, so this is and a, Ellis Genge watch. Well, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, or, uh, Genge Haskell watch. So, okay. f- question number one, James Haskell. Play along, uh, if you're watching, or JB and Phil, you two go head-to-head. Uh, Chloe Maidley has been cheating on James Haskell with, according to a re- his one of his videos he up- the Hask uploaded this week, is it Freddie Flintoff? Hmm. Is it Dwayne? Is it Derek Chisora? Is it <laughs> Dwayne Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Ooh! So I I'd tell you what, um, I'd never say I'd never thought I'd say 
out of all, this, out of all the people I'd want my wife to be cheating with, it would be Freddie Flintoff. <laughs> and you wouldn't want to come. You wouldn't want to come home like mid afternoon, you know, quick, you know, <laughs> unexpectedly to walk into the Rock or <laughs> Derek Chisora might even be scarier than the Rock. <laughs> so uh, yeah, don't don't knock off early from work. I guess is the uh, is the moral of that story. What's your answer? Um, uh, Flintoff. So I I saw something on uh was it what's the Sky um question of sport program is it they think it's all over yes yes uh, that was League a, of their own is it League of their oh, own oh yeah I think it's all over the BBC yeah. one League of which their is own which now all over um which was a staged fight between Flintoff and Haskell uh, but I didn't yeah. I didn't really see much behind it so I'm going to also say Flintoff even Flintoff's got uh, a boxing background. Uh, Haskell did do a video about Flintoff this week, uh, which was addressing people suggesting that the beef was real. Although I don't know if anyone really thought it was from the TV show, but maybe they did. Uh, but no, it was Derek Chisora. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Again, I, th- I think basically Haskell just finds famous people <laughs> at, at when he's out and then makes a video with them yeah. for online. He's he's great online. Uh, right. Why is Ellis Genge unhappy with teammate Harry, <laughs> well, Harry Wells? I don't know. Has Harry Wells followed us on Twitter this week for some reason? I don't know. I'm sure he well, has. Uh, oh, maybe he has. Uh, Ellis... At Rugby Podcast, if you want to follow us, if you're not already. Uh, so what Alice Ge- Ellis Genge is unhappy with Harry Wells, his Leicester teammate, uh, because A, his terrible music taste, B, he's monopolising all the free stuff, or C, Ugly feet. Now, I think I know the answer because I did my obligatory re- research. <laughs> my, my, my podcast prep, which is to search through Ellis Genji's Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> so you go first, Jay. Ugly feet. Uh, I think it's he's taken all the free stuff. Yes, correct. What free stuff is this? Uh, like time, Timex watches. Basically, most rugby players have a Twitter account to blag everything <laughs> they can. Yeah. Yes, uh, and we go from one Leicester prop to another. Fraser Balmain accused teammate Graham Kitchener of being what? I... A. N- not able to drink. B. Being a wizard. C. Being nothing but a body. Oh, sorry, that is it. Or C. Being nothing but a body. So, Fraser Balmain said of Graham Kitchener, he is either A. Not able to take a drink. B. Being a wizard. Or C. Nothing but a body. Wizard. I was going to also say wizard. What's the the darts player? The wizard. <laughs> I really think it's linked. Maybe I'm going to call him a wizard. Uh, you're both right, but actually yes. all three were right. That's pretty much what <laughs> Fraser Balmain said of Graham Kitchener. God, he's... he's nothing but he's nothing but a body. The wizard can't take a drink. The wizard can't take a drink. What wow. They call him the wizard. He also calls him Mr. Lover Lover as well. Fraser Balmain's got a bit of a fixation with Graham Kitchener at the minute. Maybe there's some um, beef there. We should stir that pot. Yeah. Yeah, we should. I'm, I'm fine. Oh, no. Finally, but... Tim's gone blank. Where's he gone? Uh, hello, Tim. Come in, Tim. Uh, I can hear... Oh, oh, he's gone again. I heard him briefly. Oh, Jay Bray. Yes. Phil, Jay yeah. Bray, Phil. Got you. Got you. Yes. Yes, I can hear you. Uh, Jack Knoll this week has warned about what clothing dilemma... Uh, sorry, has is worried about which clothing dilemma. <laughs> a, his trousers being too tight. No, not not a problem for Jack. B, wearing budgie smugglers. Maybe. Oh, or C. I know. His belt... Or C, his belt and shoes not uh, being not an unmatching colour. 
I know which one I'd worry about, belt and shoes. <laughs> yes. That is better. Const, <laughs> constant worry. Yeah, I mean, it's not a day goes by, don't worry about that. Um, I am going to say it is B, budgie smugglers. What was number one? His trousers being too tight. Trousers being too tight. I'm going to say, because he had a, was it a hamstring issue from being overloaded in England camp last week. Interesting. I'm going to say his trousers being too tight because well, he's got strapping on. Can I tell you exactly why I think it's B? Go on. Because I believe it's part of the Tom Johnson naked calendar shoot. Oh, there Correct, is. Correct, Jonathan Beardmore. Boo! Ooh. Now, I'll tell you what, what I would like to see. I would like to see Jack Knoll, um, <laughs> Danny Gipriani, and not... <laughs> or... That is my... Fa- I, I giggle <laughs> on a daily basis about that nickname. I can't believe... Uh, if uh, Jonathan Mills was an England player or a Wales player, <laughs> that would have been tabloid news. Yeah, our, fr- our friends in the travelling community will not like that, like that nickname. <laughs> um, so, Dan Mugford, uh, Jack Noll... A.K.A. AKA Danny Gipriani. Him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, uh, the new guy who's just joined Sale, who is... Uh, Josh Charnley. Yeah, they're, they're the core of my boy band. Like, they're a little bit more alternative, a bit of a hipster. No, they're not. Not no, they're hipster. Not. They're, they're like hipster chavs. No, no, i tell you what they are. They are they're my core full-time staff of my brand new coffee shop. Yes, baristas. Baristas. <laughs> barista yes. chic. They could be a boy band called Barista chic. <laughs> no, Barista chic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm into that. I just need to find two more because you need to do it in a five, don't you? Can you we can have a three, couldn't you? Yeah. I think five, five would be better. If five would be better. Two more. If you've got another suggestion for our boy band, Barista Sheep, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that name. I love that name. Sometimes I impress myself, you know, boys. Uh, <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, shall we wrap it up? Uh, other than a end of pod hashtag. Now, this yes, we've got- well, is important because... Do we I got into, into this now or, or after the fixtures for this weekend? Because we've got two other things to do. We've got to quickly mention the doping. Yep. And then fixtures for next week and then the end of pot. It should oh. be the last thing we do. Right. Okay. Let's do the fixtures well, then. Well, let, let, let's qu- quickly mention that doping then. Yeah. So when I was in France, mm-hmm. uh, it was L'Equipe, which is a French uh, sports newspaper. Uh, and they were reporting that three... Racing players, including two former All Blacks, Dan Carter and Joe Rocococo, alongside Juan Imoff, uh, had tested positive for steroids. Uh, and this, some media outlets were using this as clickbait and were putting All Black Star test positive for steroids. Click here to find out. Now, the details of the story is yes, they have tested positive for a steroid. But a steroid is a classification of a drug based on its chemical formula rather than uh, its attributes. And the steroids are um, cortisoids, which are all to do with uh, reducing inflammation and painkilling. Oh. Uh, and so there's anabolic steroids, which are like testosterone to build muscle. Right. And these are, they guess, I guess they could be classed as catabolic steroids, which... Uh, for cats. An, an, <laughs> for cats. Yeah. Uh, Anabolic steroids is to build muscle, catabolic, potentially has the effect of breaking down muscle. Right. So they're not taken for performance enhancing, they're purely taken for medical reasons. Not only that, but there are multiple ways to have these taken, half of which are legal anyway, uh, and half of which 
Are you struggling? Yeah, go on. Uh, and half of which um, are legal if you have a therapeutic use exemption. TUE. TUE. So there's, there is no issues at all with this. There's The worst case scenario is they've taken something which they're allowed to take and didn't notify the authority, didn't tick the right box when they were taking it. So it, it so, is a complete uh, non-story. Does this, I was going to say, there hasn't really been a lot on it over here, so that probably indicates that it is a non-story, pretty much. I, was, I, yeah. got, I did get excited when I heard that Dan Carter was um, on steroids. <laughs> yeah, there you go. it's was... not not like uh, Lance Armstrong. No, that's the end of that one, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. That on the back. Oh, never mind. Yeah, fortunately, it's the end of that one. Yeah, fortunately, it's the end of that one. Fixtures! Okay, so we're... Uh, obviously, European Cup again, back-to-back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll ignore the Challenge Cup for now. I'm sure there's some great games if your teams are involved. You can mention what the games are, but no, don't be bothered. Don't. No, this is already a very long podcast. All right. <laughs> Friday night, I'm working this one. Ooh, go on. Over in... Uh... Are you coming to see it at the AJ Bar? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think all three of us are there. Uh, yes. Providing the... sale, stump up some tickets, which would be nice. Uh, yes. Have you, have you inquired about that? I have inquired about that. Yeah. Um, they're usually pretty good with us, so... Yes. Yes. We will hopefully see you there, Tim. First for, for time yeah. I'll have seen you in weeks. If I if I know. If you weren't working if you weren't working for BT Sport, I would have forgotten what you look like. Mm. <laughs> uh so sale will get rolled over at home, but it'll be quite close, I think. Sale to win. <laughs> You're tripling down. So tripling last down. last two weeks you've guaranteed that sale will win. Yeah, but this time they definitely will. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just think Toulon are the perfect team to get back back on the horse on the on the horse again. <laughs> uh, Toulon are not the Toulon of two three years ago. They're definitely no, they're not. not. Uh, but I still say Toulon will win. Um, Toulon are going to win, aren't they? Still, <laughs> I don't know. What Saturday, else Saturday, the first game in Pool One, Munster v Glasgow. What oh, kick off? Can I ask? Yeah. Do you know who you're working with on Friday? Do you know who the crew uh, is? I believe. Well, what do you mean? Who the crew is? I, I, so, like, um, for instance, there is. Um, so, is it Sarah Elgan Flats? I think, Sarah, I think it's Sarah Elgan. Yeah. Okay. So it would just be you and Sarah. Is that how it works? Uh, no, there'll be a like a, Austin and like Austin or Ben and or Ben Bafes. Uh, oh no, Bafes will be we present it. Uh, I don't know. It could be Craig presenting anyway. But no, there'll be like Ugo or really boring, uh, really boring question. Do you yeah. know on European Cup weekends? Do the team get really stretched because they've got to send? Yeah, God knows how many people everywhere. Yeah, you could see that. Yeah, you could, couldn't you? Because on some of the coverage, there was it wasn't quite up to their usual standards. Yeah. Um. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, hopefully not. The hopefully, hopefully you're not referring to the reporter that was at Glasgow or uh, no, 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 no. I don't mean like that. But because uh, you usually have like all the presenters in, in one place, don't you? But it feels like on a yes. European Cup weekend. They don't have all the interaction because they've only got like three guys here, three guys there. You, they're basically on skeleton crews. Or have I got that wrong? Yeah, I don't think it's on skeleton crews. I mean, on on the Sundays it comes from the the program comes from the studio, and then they throw out to a couple of guys that are in one place and a couple of guys in another place, etc. So, but um, no, they do. They do. It's a logistical. The, the, I, having. I know that the guy who's organising the logistics of getting people from place to place after this coming weekend, uh, after round two, is taking a few days off. <laughs> I can imagine. It sounds like sleep. a nightmare. Because the, yeah. peop- the people are one thing, but getting those trucks 
these the sound and engineering trucks. Well, they hire. They, well, they hire the trucks. But how many can you hire? Loads. If, if you record, it's like one of the big, it's a huge company apparently that they take these production trucks from. Really, Telegenic. Yeah. That's the one. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you won't take them across the channel and drive them down to France. There'll be some that are kind of based in England and Scotland and Wales. There'll be some that you that when you go to Ireland you use that they'll have them there, and then some when you go to France you use them there. So yeah. Oh, that's quite. It's quite interesting. So you don't know who you're working with on Friday? No, I don't. I haven't had my uh, the call sheets and stuff through yet, so to be confirmed. But I'll be there Friday anyway. Saturday, uh, Munster will open their European account, obviously as a result of the postponement in Paris. Um, yeah. sorry, not Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Paris. Yeah, yeah it's Paris. Yeah. Sorry, uh, but they'll they play against Glasgow, so you can imagine it's going to be a, a pretty amazing. Bitter, in a bittersweet fashion, a pretty amazing uh, day at, at Toman Park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you'd struggle to say anything else other than a Munster win. But there again, look, look, Hound. Let's just take, let's just take the passing of Anthony Foley out of this a second. In rugby terms, I expect Glasgow to win this, even though it's at Munster. Yeah, I just think that that win against Tigers and all the rest of it. Now you add the unfortunate events to this week into it I just expect there to be a load of passion a load of all all that stuff which makes Munster great I've got a feeling we're going to see a huge performance yes it is, will be the easiest team talk ever yeah you won't need to do a team talk because everyone will be so so fired up for this game that I think Munster at home to win yep I'm going to go along with both of you as well. I think the the dynamic has changed. Um, and I, I kind of hope they do the win. Do, do win as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I do. I 100%. Do. Uh, and then, what's the next games? There's, there's a couple of games at 3.15, isn't there, Phil? Yes, we've got Cast Northampton, uh, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. Bit- Cast, Cast didn't really show up, but they're playing at home, and Northampton... Oh, Northampton? I'm not sure what to make of it. Uh, so... Uh, Cast I think it's for me. Tight, ugly, and I'm going to go for cast. Yeah, it will be. It won't be a pretty game. Uh, fine. And then we've also three fifteen got Claremont hosting Bordeaux. Don't know. Which Couldn't should tell you. should well, be good. well. Home. home home team always wins in France. There you go. I can tell you. Yeah, and Claremont, they did look very very good. Uh, then, pool three five thirty. We've got Saracens hosting Scarlets. Saracens, Saracens, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit un- uninspiring as a as a day of four matches. Like, the, well, you the don't know. I mean, class. if we really yeah. knew, we wouldn't play the yeah. game, Tim. And that's true because I, I was kind of thinking, oh, Leicester Glasgow is the opening match of the of the new season, or maybe that won't be a great game. And it was oh, a I fantastic thought, game. Yeah, I was looking forward to that one for weeks. Yeah. Oh, there's one more, isn't there? Isn't it Saturday the, night? I'm because I'm, I'm there in is. Belfast. You're yeah. working it. Ulster hosting yeah. Exeter. That'll be great. This this is so both teams comfortably beaten in the opening weekend. Yeah, uh, have to win. Both have to win. Ulster. I keep saying it. Draw. They can't. Ulster cannot score enough points, uh, and I'm very concerned because of that. I'm going to say it's a draw. I literally, I'm going to actually say draw. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the odds you you normally get about uh, twenty to one. Yep. On, if you put it on a draw, I'm going to I'm going to put it on put on, on a, a draw. five on a draw. Hundred quid. I can't split these two. Neither of them like scoring. Both of them got kind of actually. Ulster have been going well in the Pro 12. They have. They have. But it. 
it's their problem is they don't score enough. They've had every game they've had dominance, but they've not scored anywhere near enough points. Yep. So I think this will be no different, unfortunately. Uh, I think it will be very close, but I'm hoping a, an Ulster win. Very good. Yep. Uh, and then on to Sunday. So we have got the early kickoff is... Ooh, this will be tasty. Uh, so this, yeah, this is a real good day of games, actually. So one o'clock, Montpellier host Leinster. Okay, okay. So Mo- Leinster's pack really fronted up. I mean, the first three tries, uh, and I've only seen the highlights, so you could correct me, Tim. But the first three tries were all through their pack, which is no mean, yep. mean feat against any uh, French pack. Yep. So this will be interesting, and that Montpellier team is absolutely enormous. enormous. To the point where they've got two of the biggest backs ever to play the game in Francois Stein as their inside. He is enormous. He is enormous and um, not in a good way. And the the winger, uh, uh, Wysaki, N- no, Nadolo, Namani, Nadolo. Yeah. Did you see actually on that? Did you see the Crusaders' uh, all-time, well, his current and all-time uh, record squat bench? No. But uh, did he make it? Did. It was on a group that we were both in. It's, it's tweeted about it to us, and it was on a, a rugby group that we were both in. There was a oh, hang on. Do you mean um, it was like a whiteboard showing Crusaders? Yeah, there was, someone tweeted us, didn't they? Yeah. I thought they were asking a question: What position should I should I play? So I thought the individual involved, I think it's Men's Health, was he a journalist? Or something? Yeah, yeah. And he said something along the lines of, "I can do this, 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 and this. What position would I play?" I was like, "Well, watch your height and weight." Um, but I didn't realise what he's actually saying is I can do this, this, this. That is a Crusaders back, which is just outrageous. Yeah. So you've got, I've got it here, the squat for an outside back for the Crusaders, max squat 200 kg, which their props max squat was 190. Uh, bench press 175. That's enormous. <laughs> uh, push press 115. Uh, push cl- press 115 isn't that high clean 140 push press 115 is pretty high oh, that is just overhead right yeah uh, are you allowed to kind of... use your legs into it yeah and clean clean 140 oh, and is that just a, 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 like a one off as in like yeah like one yeah rep one max? rep yeah uh, that's all, is that really high is that really heavy what 115 on, on push press do you reckon you could do it I've definitely done over, done over 100 before <laughs> I'd like to see you try I can definitely do, do 105. <laughs> okay. Oh, Tim, Tim, Tim's gone. Must have been bored about that chat. Yeah, must have been. Uh, right, so... Shall we just continue? Yeah, final, final few games. Okay, so the other games on the Sunday. Zebra host Connor next. But then we've got uh, Toulouse host Wasps. Tell you what, Zebra host Connor. Connor get a bonus point win. They're yeah. in business. They're in good shape. Uh, albeit they have played... At home and the easiest team in the group. The play to lose, but it's at home. Yeah. You win your home games, but uh, but to lose to lose host wasps three fifteen. So to lose can take some points off wasps. Is that better for them or not? For who? For to lose or for Connacht? For Connacht, or do they want wasps to wipe the floor with? Uh, well, you're probably gonna because you got zebra in that group. You're probably gonna get the five point bonuses. So you're probably gonna get the sec- the runner up coming from that group. So. It's almost better for Wasp just to yeah just, to so, take everything off. T- so Toulouse get nothing, and then they split the games with Toulouse, and maybe if they get a couple of bonus points off Wasps, yeah. Through. Come on, Connacht. Yes, uh, but do you think 
Wasps can beat Toulouse in Toulouse. Uh, do I think they can, can, can Wasps? Yeah, yeah, absolutely they can. But mm. I think Toulouse are the perfect matchup for, for Wasps. Yeah. Big, heavy, unprofessional. Yeah, I'm going to go with that as well. So Wasp, Wasp win. Oh, Tim, Tim's, Tim's back. back. So uh, Wasps are going to beat Connacht. <laughs> That's where we've got to, Tim. Uh, That's not quite where we got to. Really? Tim. Tim, do you think do you think that Toulouse hosting Wasps? Do you think that Wasps will win or Toulouse? Oh, I oh, Toulouse aren't the side they were. I, but they have to win. Oh, I, I it's so hard to call this. We're both. I'm going to say Wasps are going to sneak an away win. Yeah, we're both going for Wasps. As Jay described it, Toulouse are enormous but unprofessional. And Wasps can exploit that. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice, and, yeah. And the final game of the weekend, which will be very good, Leicester host Rassing. Leicester to get hammered. Do you think they will? Hammered. So Leicester's best performance of the season has come at home against a very good Bath outfit. Yep. And they've got a huge amount of pride and an additional... No, they don't of... have pride. If they had pride, they'd, they'd find the energy to put a guard and a bodyguard in a defence. <laughs> that is the one thing this Leicester team lack completely, is uh, is pride in, in, in their performance, because that's what defence is. They've got huge pride playing at Welford Road, I, I would say. Well, let's find out. We will find out. And actually, of all the French teams, this one is one of the less least professional one of the most professional? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Tim? Leicester Racing. Oh, again, I, I think it could be all over if Leicester don't get at least a yeah. minimum a losing bonus point. I think oh, it's all over for them. Yeah. Um, but pro- possibly even if they lose and get a losing bonus point. I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Racing, just. I am also going to say Racing... Just, um, Rassing absolutely. Is it interesting to see that the uh, top top fourteen award ceremony was on Wednesday of this week? Just gone, a bit early in the, in the season, but still. Yeah, well, their their season is so congested that they can only have awards for the previous season, season halfway through the current season. My God, what a mess! Uh, and Rassing, Johan Goosen took players player. Yeah, I can believe the, uh, it. He's a quality, quality operator. And the racing coaches and staff were obviously the best coaches. Yeah, well. uh, yeah. Goes back to my point, really, about professionalism. Uh, yes. Okay, and that's it. Or is it one more in the evening? That's it. That's it. That's it on the Sunday. Great, great weekend of rugby. I can. I simply can't wait for it. It's going to be wonderful. So, uh, if you've been watching on Facebook Live, you'll have seen the wonderful uh, lion stash. Um, we're going to be bringing you more lions. Uh, more Lions exclusive Lions content uh, in the coming weeks so keep your ears and eyes peeled for that on Twitter and, and all the rest of it but um, let's move on to this now we've got an end of pod stash tag yeah so let me just tell you about uh, how this came about someone sent yeah. me the video of James Haskell sending decks and I tweeted out to the Hask probably unwisely uh, I, I I said why along the lines of James why the decks why um, and he took it in the wrong way because, you know, being James Haskell, I imagine he gets a lot of idiots that think that they know that they know about rugby give, giving him grief. We are, as I think, I think comes across occasionally in the podcast, huge, huge, huge James Haskell fans. Yeah, 
huge James Hasselhoff. I'm, I'm nodding along for the Facebook Live video. Yeah, there you go. I'm nodding as well. So uh, we're going to try and get him onto the show, and we think we can entice him with a hashtag. Well, well, well. Let me just fill in a little bit of the gap. So he, t- yeah, he he went. He didn't just say, "Oh, you said that about the decks." He's been told by other people. He's been told enough by other people that he's aware of us. He's aware no, of us, but he, what he th- he's aware what he of a podcast is... who who slates no, no, no. him, but it's not us. He... Oh, okay. Right, yeah. Okay, so right, okay. yeah. So there could be other podcasts out there who are, who uh, are not as nice to Haskell. So we think it's crosswise. So James Haskell uh, was under the impression that we just slag him off on our podcast, which Correct. we would never. Which which you know when there's sticks to be dished out. We would dish out a stick, but then so would the Hask, and so does the Hask, and he gets that. Exactly. So, right. And um, then we give credit where credit's due as well. I think and a couple, love where love is due to. A couple of weeks ago, I described his uh, first test match performance against Australia as one of the most complete back row performances I've ever seen. I think I might have described him as uh, as England captain before they appointed uh, <laughs> Harley. So there is a lot of love here. A lot of love. And there's a lot of love, but equally, you know, uh, what the, that Instagram picture where he was... DJing to Billy Vanapolo after the, one of the Australian <laughs> matches. I, I think you you had quite a, a large sigh as well, but that's okay. You're allowed. It's opinions, and you're allowed to do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> however, however, we we like I say, yeah. Me and JB have been pincer actioning Hask, going, "Come on, Hask, we love you. Come on, let's 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 get this. Let's do this dance. Let's let's make this happen." So what uh, what should the because a, a, a tag has to be fairly short and snappy. Do we want to do something very blunt, like Egg Chasers love Haskell? And then copy us at Ruby yes. Podcast, at James Haskell, hashtag Egg Chasers love Haskell. Yeah, and if he comes on, we'll do something. Maybe a personalised message to you or something. We'll, we'll sort something, something out. We've still got a load of stash to give out as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who so are we giving the stash st- to? Do we know? Uh, well, the previous, which is probably about four weeks ago that we said we'd do it, and I will post it tomorrow, uh, is to Chris Bailey. Right, fantastic. Um, and right, so there you go. We've we've got a big box. Uh, we've got a war chest of stash, which we we will give to you potentially. You could be winning that, but you have to use the end of pod hashtag or stash tag, which is let's just confirm this. Egg chasers. Egg chasers love Haskell. Yeah, yeah. That is it. Nice egg, and simple. Egg egg chasers love Haskell. If you could tag at James Haskell at Rugby Podcast as well, that'd be great. But Egg Chasers love Haskell. Please use that hashtag. It will help us get the Hask on the pod. That will be like two worlds colliding. It's just like, dream, uh, it, you know, they say never meet your heroes, but you can interview them, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, and one last thing for me, you'll notice in the corner I have a Hagiwara shirt. Uh, I'm not going to say anything more about it other than this. Happy 40th birthday, Dave Etchells. We are turning into that sort of show now. <laughs> Okay. What? Don't you worry about it. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's all <laughs> no, I'm going to say. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Have you uh, taken ownership of a Haguara shirt in exchange for a shout out? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. Oh, that's d- exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Someone, someone offered me a Haguara shirt. I'll tell you. Okay, I thought I'd lost the Haguara shirt. I was terrified that I'd lost it. Um, I thought I'd, talk, I'd taken it to rugby, worn it to show off in front of all, all, all of my new teammates, and left it there. <laughs> so someone, so that's why I've not mentioned it. It's not been on the wall. So someone texted me the other day, um, and generally he's kept his name anonymous. Um, 
And he said, do you want a Hagiwara shirt? Do you have one? And I said, no, because I also got confused. I thought he meant Pumas. So I definitely want a Pumas shirt. Uh, so he sent it. He said, the only thing you need to do for me is say happy birthday to Dave Etchells. So happy birthday, Dave Etchells. So it has, you have so, got a free shirt so for a shout-out. you ownership of a Hagiwara shirt. Uh, well, we've got two Hagiwara shirts now. <laughs> yeah, so, so when I asked you the question, have you just taken <laughs> yeah, ownership no, of a Hagiwara shirt in exchange, like... in exchange for a shout-out? You, you said no. You were making me, <laughs> so, <laughs> was, yes. you were making me sound like Sam, Allard- Sam Allardyce at, um, at our lunch. <laughs> That's not how it quite came about. <laughs> Very good. Uh, d- You've changed. <laughs> no, We've he's, changed. he's exactly he's exactly no. the same as he's always been. I don't been. do anything yeah, for money. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I noticed because I was going through uh, the airports this weekend. One thing that has changed and is going to massively affect the New York journey. So I hope they hurry up and um, give us the dates. But blooming exchange rates. Oh, oh my God. That must have hurt you in France, Phil. It di- yeah, it did. It did. Well, I've got a cunning plan to circumvent exchange rates, and I'll tell you later, boys. Okay, to keep that, oh, off, nice. keep that off the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very, very pleased with myself. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's leave it there, shall we, chaps? Yeah, don't hang up on me. Uh, okay, I won't hang up on you, Tim. Um, <laughs> find us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. You can find me at JBeard. You can find Tim at Cocker. And until next week, leave us reviews and all the rest of it. Uh, goodbye, Phil. Goodbye, JB. And goodbye, Tim. Goodbye, JB. Goodbye, Phil. All right, let's turn off Facebook Live. They're done.